What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 10 deadline. So I'm going to go through captaincy, the latest injury information we have, and answer some of your questions and take a look how my current wildcard is looking. It is a Friday deadline today, so unfortunately I can't wait to record this until after today's press conferences. So some of it has been recorded on Thursday evening, some of it has been recorded on Friday morning to make sure I can get it out in time for you to watch. But obviously anything major that crops up from press conference news today, I will cover in the deadline stream later. So hopefully that's okay. Back to normal next week when we have a Saturday deadline. If you enjoyed the video, give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and let's jump into it. So let's start off with captaincy, and there's quite a few options to look at for game week 10. I think the main three that people are considering are Salah, Saka, and Watkins. I've still included Haaland in fourth place, and I would never completely write him off because he's such a great player, such a great FPL option. But I think because of the fixture on paper, Man United away, it feels like another good week to go against him. It's not as good a week to go against him as when he played Arsenal away, but I still think so many other players have much better fixtures that it's probably worth backing against the crowd this week because a good amount of people will still go for him. I know that Man United aren't playing as well as they can at the moment, and everyone remembers last year when Haaland destroyed Man United, got a hat-trick and two assists, I think it was, but that was in the home game. Away, he blanked, and Man United won 2-1. not saying that will happen again, but I don't think it's necessarily a huge score for Haaland this week. So I will be looking to go against him. After that, it's probably Son in fifth place. And then in sixth place, it's just whatever differential punt you want to go for. Another Arsenal attacker, maybe, like Martinelli or Odegaard. You could go for Darwin Nunez, Luis Diaz, those kind of players. Diaby, Matoma, whoever it is, right? You can pick, uh, you know, whoever you like. But I think the top three picks are definitely Salah, Saka, Watkins. Now, I've kept Salah at the top. Obviously, he's absolutely smashed it the last couple of weeks. I think on paper, he probably has the hardest fixture. Like, Forest at home is probably a little bit harder than Sheffield United at home and Luton at home. But I don't know if there's much in it. And when you look at the expected goal involvement numbers, Salah is putting up 0.73 per 90 minutes this season compared to 0.63 for Saka. And what is that, like 0.54 for Watkins? Now, Watkins' goal threat is a little bit higher, but he's a forward, so he doesn't get any points for clean sheets and obviously doesn't have penalties either, whereas Saka takes some and Salah takes all of them for Liverpool. So I just think the midfield factor, plus the fact they've got almost as good fixtures as Watkins, means that Salah and Saka are better. And I'm always going to prefer Salah over Saka for captaincy. I think if you're someone that wants to go without Salah this week, and you want a captain Saka, perfectly good choice, right? He's great. He could absolutely outscore him. But I think if we were free hitting and picking whoever we wanted, Salah probably would be the number one. And look, Nottingham Forest, the defence hasn't been bad this season, but it's not like it's an impenetrable defence or anything like that, right? We all had Turner last week against Luton. Luton scored two goals. So what do you think Salah might do at home, right? At Anfield, it's not an away game or anything like that. So yeah, I think on paper, Salah's just been so good recently. He's the only option from Liverpool really in terms of safety of starts minutes and stuff like that and I like Saka and I like Sheffield United at home more but I don't think it's enough for me to go against Salah so Salah's going to be the number one then Saka then Watkins then Haaland then probably Son then just pick whoever you want so Newcastle have picked up a couple more injuries since their Champions League game which might have a knock-on effect for some FPL players that you're thinking about so Eddie Howe on the injuries picked up by Alexander Izak and Jacob Murphy this evening 
He said it was a massive blow to lose both players. Alex doesn't look too serious, but it's a reoccurrence of his groin problem and Merce is a shoulder problem. We're hopeful, uh, hopeful neither are serious, but Jacobs probably looks like it is. So Jacob Murphy looks like he's probably going to be out for a little while. Um, if that's the case, then someone like Almiron probably gets the biggest increase in minutes because it's usually one of those two that plays on the right. I can't even remember how much how much Almiron is. I don't think he's really an option for FPL right now. Uh, he is 6.4 million. So he's quite close to the price of the likes of Matoma and Diaby, who are probably a little bit better given the fixtures. So if you really want Almiron and you were worried about minutes, then maybe this is a plus. But I don't think for many people they're going to suddenly um, be looking at him. With Izak... Eddie Howe says he doesn't think it's that serious, but given that that problem kept him out recently, that is obviously a worry for FPL. So if you own Izak, it is time to sell. The one player that really gets a benefit for minutes when Izak is out is Wilson. But I just think with Champions League games, I'm not convinced that Wilson can play weekend, midweek, weekend consistently. I still think they might have to rest him at some point. So I think overall, this makes Wilson a better option, right? It has to, because his main rival for that position is out but i'm still not sure it means he starts every single premier league game i'm pretty sure he's going to start against wolves and arsenal at home is so big he'll probably start that one but bournemouth away in game week 12 possibly right we'll have to wait and see but if you want wilson this is probably the time to do it the other player that i think now gets a massive boost in minutes is anthony gordon that people have been looking at anyway but this is a guy that i don't know if he's actually done it for newcastle so far this season but he can play number nine. I think Eddie Howe has mentioned that in the past. I think he's done that for England under-21s as well. Harvey Barnes is out for a while, so he's got no real competition on the left. Izak is also out, so he's not going to play there. Joe Linton, maybe, because he did that last year. So I think Gordon can play there. He can play through the middle. And he can also play on the right as well. So if Eddie Howe doesn't want to play Almer on every single game, and he finds another solution for the left, then Gordon can play on the right. So I think overall, if you are ever concerned about Gordon's minutes... They're probably about as good as they're ever going to be right now. So for 5.6 million, I still like him. I just think the fixtures they've got, they're not too bad. But they don't make me think I've got to have one of their attackers. But for 5.6 million or less, Gordon probably is one of the top options. The only other injury to talk about, which kind of came out before the Champions League, uh, was from Craig Hope, who's a journalist that covers Newcastle. And he said Sven Botman is facing at least another two weeks out with a knee injury. Hasn't trained with the team yet. So I think that came out quite soon after their last Premier League game. That was tweeted on the 21st of October. So if we're looking at two weeks' time, you're looking, what, around November the 5th? Uh, at the best time he's going to be back. So that would be him missing probably game weeks 10 and 11, and no guarantees back for game week 12. So if you're holding on to Botman, he's probably someone that's got to be moved on. The biggest increase in minutes with him out is obviously the sales. He's pretty much nailed while Botman's out. And he has actually gone up to 4 million. Now, as a short-term pick... For Wolves away, fine. You're probably not expecting a clean sheet against Arsenal anyway. And then he may or may not play against Bournemouth. I just still don't know if he's worth going for. If we receive news that Botman has suffered a setback and he's out for a long time, all of a sudden Lascelles becomes a really good option. But I just don't know if it's worth blocking that Newcastle spot, right? Trippier's still great. Dan Byrne if you want someone cheap. Botman when he's back is going to be an option. Gordon we've just spoken about. Wilson now might be better with Isaac Howe. There are potentially quite a few Newcastle players you might want at some point. Even if it's not now, from game week 17 onwards, the fixtures get really good. And yes, of course, you can just transfer Lascelles back out, but you never want to spend loads of transfers on £4 million defenders. So I 
We'll probably ignore him. I have considered him on my wild card, but I think it's still worth going without. We know that Brighton have got a good fixture run coming up, and we talked about their possible options on the game week preview, but since then, we've seen their lineup versus Ajax, which might give us some indication of who's going to be starting in the league. So this is what they went with. Stealing goal. We're not going for either of their goalkeepers. There's just too much uh, rotation worry. In defence, it was Milner at left back. Obviously, they're having problems there. We still don't have an update about Estupinian. Uh, Veltman right back. Now, he has started a lot of games in the league, and he's only 4.4 million. But I'm just not sure I fully trust him. I think I'd rather just pay 0.1 million extra for Gay at Crystal Palace instead. Uh, the centre-backs were Van Hecker and Dunk. Now, you can view this one of two ways. Either Igor isn't first choice, which is why he didn't start, or he just got a rest because he has started back-to-back -back games in the Premier League. Now, I think if you were really looking for a massive punt for a cheap defender with great fixtures, hoping that Brighton finally gets some clean sheets, Igor could be the one. But for me, it's probably just a risk too far. I think there's other players in my wildcard, at least, that are just, I'm not 100% sure about. So I don't know if I want to add another one to the mix. Dunk is the only defender that's going to start every single game when fit. But at 5 million, I don't think he's an awful choice. But it does become a little bit harder to justify versus like a Gay at 4.5 million, a Burn at 4.7 million, etc. But if you think that Brighton can turn the defensive performances around because of the fixtures, I don't completely hate Dunk. Um, the midfield was Adingra on the right, Matoma on the left, and then Gross and Gilmore in the middle. Gross is another player that should start most games. I don't particularly like him from an FPL point of view, though, because I just don't think you ever can be 100% sure about exactly what position he's going to play. But as a nailed-on option with the fixtures they've got, you could look at him. And if João Pedro is not on the pitch, he'll probably take penalties as well. I think Matoma is fine. I've talked about him a lot this week. He did play 90 minutes, but I don't think that necessarily matters. They don't have a huge amount of options to play on that left anyway, especially when Adingra is playing on the right because of Solly March being out. Now, yeah, so Matoma, I think we talked about enough, right? 6.5, great option. There's a question coming about him later as well. I think Adingra is an interesting punt at 5 million. The same price as Cole Palmer now. Um, obviously, Palmer's got penalties. At least we expect him to keep them anyway. It's looking good until Nkunku's back. But the fixtures are tough. Whereas Brighton have got great fixtures, but Adingra is not on penalties, and he's not necessarily nailed on. But the options for right wing, there just aren't that many. Ansu Fati keeps playing central. Um, Buenanote came on last night, but he hasn't played a huge amount of minutes in the league, so he probably needs to get up to match fitness. Whereas Adingra has played 90 last night, he's played back-to-back -back 90s in the league. And you could say, well, he needs a rest then. Or maybe he's building up match fitness. Now, I can't sit here and tell you that Adingra is going to start the next four games in a row. But I think he probably starts at least the next three. So I actually quite like him as a differential punt. If you want to target the Brighton fixtures and you want someone around 5 million to enable the rest of the team. I'm strongly considering for my wildcard team. And then you've got Ansu Fati up front. His minutes just aren't good enough. He's also 6.5. I think in that case, you just go for Matoma if you want a Brighton player. João Pedro, I feel like all season we've talked about his minutes. Ultimately, this is probably the best his minutes are ever going to be, right? Evan Ferguson always seems to need managing. Welbeck is out. So I think he's more likely to play now than he was the previous kind of nine game weeks. But I still don't think it's a guarantee that he starts every single game. And I don't think you put him in as a second striker, right? You don't put him in instead of Alvarez or Watkins. So he has to be a third striker. I'm not sure he's good enough for a 3-4-3. So then he has to become your eighth attacker in a deeper squad. Now, I don't necessarily think that's a bad choice. But I think most FPL managers watching this don't like playing the game like that. So I would probably ignore him. Just on Evan Ferguson, because he didn't start last night, I think it's almost guaranteed he starts against Fulham at home. 
But even with Welbeck out, I do not think it's a guarantee Ferguson starts every game. He always needs managing. He's only played 290 minutes since the start of last season. And they've shown last night they can play without him and Welbeck. So I just think most Brighton players are a risk too far. I think Matoma's good at 6.5. I think Dunk is an option at 5 if you want to spend that extra money. But obviously, Estepinian is one the, the one we really want. And then a Dingra is a punt. They're probably the only ones I'm looking at. And Igor, if you want to really go massively differential. So lots of questions about whether or not Destiny Doggy will start tonight against Crystal Palace. Now, I listened to the clip from Ange Postacoglu on Team News, and this is what he said. Destiny was still going to look at and assess. It's a short turnaround. So they played Fulham on Monday night. They're playing Crystal Palace on Friday night. He said, we'll see how he goes today. So that was on Thursday and make a decision tomorrow. So the good news is he's not being completely ruled out. The bad news is I wouldn't say that was overly positive. Like what you really wanted him to say was, no, no, he's fine. He's available for tomorrow. And then you just assume that he's going to start. So there is some doubts here. Ultimately, I can't say whether he's going to start or not. I don't know. It is a Friday kickoff. So it is the first game of this game week. So we might get team leak. So if you're around later, obviously keep an eye out for that. My, in my initial instinct was that because it was such a minor knock, I think, you know, Ange Postacoglu after the game against Fulham said it was just tightness or something like that, that he'll probably play because they are a better team with him in it. But then I was thinking, it's, it's Crystal Palace away. Can they beat them without Udogi and just not risk it? I guess they can. The only thing to say is the next game is, so it's Friday, obviously, kickoff this week. They don't play Chelsea till Monday. It's a long time after that to kind of recover from that game so if he's in any any way available and it was just a minor thing i think they will start him i guess be, the only thing is because it is a or was a minor injury i guess there is a chance he's just on the bench and comes on so you've got that cameo worry I, i'm not really sure what i would do with him if i owned him because i'm basically wildcarding him out so it's a little bit easier i don't think there's too much risk with starting him against crystal palace away but if you had another defender that's similar this week on the bench I would probably just play them instead. If you're in a position where your bench is looking dodgy, then I would probably look to make a transfer. And if you're going around 4.5 million, I'd probably just go for Simicast. I think Gabriel is a really good option as well, but they've got Newcastle away in game week 11, whereas Simicast has got, um, who is it this week? Forest at home, then Luton away, which I think is a little bit better. You could always get Gabriel in later. So you might need to make a transfer. Some of you are probably on maybe Udogi and Botman or something like that. In that case, I would sell Botman first because, you know, he was improving, but then he's still not back. He could be out for another two weeks. Who knows if it's going to be longer? Whereas I think the maximum that Udogi is going to miss is Crystal Palace, and then he's going to be back. So I'd probably sell Botman first. But I think in most cases, you can probably just risk it and keep hold of him, especially if you've got a good defender on the bench. All right, let's get into some of your questions. Would you sell Alvarez to get Watkins in? And I think if this transfer is for free... And the extra money it costs to get Watkins is not going to stop you making any other pre-planned transfers that you had. I think I would probably make that move. But you should factor in that extra money. We talked a lot this week about sacrifices that need to be made. So I'm probably going to go about Trippier. Some people going out without Harden, etc. This is exactly the same situation. Watkins individually is probably a better pick than Alvarez. But what about that extra million odd that it costs? If that makes your rest of your squad much better, then maybe actually you should keep Alvarez. And I think... With the fixtures in the short term, because he has Bournemouth at home in game week 11, that's what Man City's fixture is. I think taking Alvarez out for a hit to get Watkins, I'm just not quite sure about that. Because against Man United away, on paper, maybe that's a toughish fixture. But I don't think it's beyond uh, you know question that Alvarez could get a return in that game. But let's say he gets nothing. 
even if he gets two points, then you factor in the hit. That's already six points. So Watkins has got a score just to break even. And then you're hoping for more returns on top. Now, it's looting at home, so that could definitely happen. But then the next week, when Watkins has got Forrest away, could Alvarez then outscore him for Bournemouth at home? And all of a sudden, that hit hasn't been repaid over two weeks? I think that is possible. So that's probably why I wouldn't take the minus four. I do think, though, because um, Man City after Bournemouth got Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, Spurs at home... Over the next five games, I probably would just prefer to have Watkins because he's got Fulham at home in there. He's also got Bournemouth away in game week 14. So I think over the next four to five weeks, Watkins is definitely the better option. You've just got to factor in that extra cash. So is it viable to remove Son or Madison for Saka? Now, this is a bit of a weird one for me because when I think about my wildcard, I keep saying that Salah and Saka are 100% locked into that squad and Son's like 99% locked in. So nearly all the way there, but not quite which tells me that I think Saka is better than Son as an option. And I guess you do have to factor in the different uh, or the price difference between the two. But if I remove the wildcard thoughts, if I was sat there having rolled in game week nine, I was looking at my team right now and it had Son and not Saka, I don't think I would do that move. Unless you need the money to upgrade another position. So let's say you're doing Son to Saka and that's your money to get Watkins. Maybe that's just about worth it. But if it's simply Son to Saka... I think I'd rather keep Son, right? He's got just as much chance, I think, of being on penalties. He's a better goal scorer as well. I think this week, Crystal Palace away is more difficult than Sheffield United at home, obviously. But next week, they've got Chelsea at home, which isn't an easy fixture. But neither is Newcastle away for Arsenal either. So as much as I've probably got Saka just about ahead of Son on my wildcard, not by much, by the way, I don't think I would use a transfer to do that. With Madison, it's a little bit easier, I think. I don't think Madison is as good an option as Son. Although, if he gets penalties, there's a whole different conversation. But we don't know that for sure yet. Um, so, I think I probably would go to Saka. But it's definitely not a move I would do for a hit or anything like that. Again, because of the fixtures um, that I just talked about. I think Newcastle away for Arsenal in game week 11 is a bit tricky. So, as much as I wouldn't want to sell Madison, I think he's a really good pick. And it just looks like he's going to continue to tick over like for most of this season. I do just think on paper, Saka is the better option. So I think it's perfectly viable to remove Madison for Saka. But I'm not sure I would do it for, for Son unless you need that money for another move this week. So nice and simple, who do I prefer, Diaby or Matoma? Now, I think it's quite a close call between the two. I think in terms of starts and minutes... I don't expect Diaby to ever be benched, whereas there is always a small risk with Matoma. I don't think it's going to happen that often, but if I had to bet on who's going to get benched over the next, what, six to eight game weeks, my money would be on Matoma, not Diaby. But in terms of overall minutes, I think it's probably quite close because Diaby seems to be more susceptible to being brought off early. So if you look at his minutes so far, he played 61 against Wolves away in game week eight, 78 against Brighton at home in game week seven. Now, to be fair... Obviously, Villa was smashing Brighton at the time, and he did pick up a knock. So that's why he went off early. And then maybe he only played 61 minutes because of that knock, possibly. Um, but even before that, game week three, he played 72 minutes against Burnley, 63 minutes against Everton as well. These could be game state related in terms of, you know, Villa are doing well, therefore he gets brought off. But he still seems to get brought off earlier than Matoma does, right? So Matoma has been benched once this season in game week six against Bournemouth. He came on at half time. But outside of that, seven of the nine games have been 90 minutes. And the one in game week two against Wolves was 80 minutes. So actually, he's played 755 minutes this season. And Diaby has played 704. So Matoma's actually played more minutes, even though he's been benched once. So I don't think there's much to differentiate the two there. In terms of fixtures, 
I think with Villa, right, one of the reasons we all want double or triple this week is because of Luton at home, right? It does really draw you in. But actually, for the next three game weeks, both Brighton and Villa play Fulham at home. So Brighton play them this week. Villa play them in game week 12. So you can kind of cancel that. Same fixture. In game week 11, Diaby's got Forrest away and Matoma has Everton away. I would say those fixtures are quite close. There's not too much to split them. And yes, Aston Villa have Luton at home this week. But Matoma in game week... 12 has Sheffield United at home. I would say those two fixtures are quite similar. So over the next three game weeks, fixture-wise, it's pretty much the same, I would say. And then after that, Matoma's got Forest away and Diaby's got Spurs away, I think it is. So therefore, Brighton's fixtures for the next four, I would argue, are slightly better. And then, okay, Diaby has Bournemouth away, but then he's got to play Man City and Arsenal. Whereas Matoma gets one tough fixture, Chelsea away. Uh, in game week 14 then it's Brentford at home and Burnley at home so I think in the very short term next three fixtures they're pretty much the same I think next four fixtures Matoma is slightly better and then maybe up until game week 16 I'd also back Brighton over Villa's fixtures as well so I from from again I've got to keep coming back to the wild card because obviously I'm thinking about which players to put in so far I have had Matoma ahead of Yarby but I guess you have to again factor in that Matoma is more likely to get benched and while so far that hasn't affected his minutes compared to Diaby that might change if he gets benched a few more times but I just think at this stage he's one of Deserby's most important players and also because of the injuries they've got I'm not sure how often they can afford to rest him at the end of the day if he needs a rest he will get it right I get that but I just don't think it's going to happen enough to make him a bad option and if they both start the next three games I think Matoma is the slightly better option but Diaby is still great. And like I said right at the start, this is a pretty close call. So just go with the one that, I don't know, you've got a gut feeling about, I guess. So if you're on wildcard, is it worth considering Wilson or Jesus alongside Harland and Watkins to play 3-4-3 instead of 3-5-2? Now, unfortunately, as I said at the start, I am recording this before most of the press conferences. So we know that Gabriel Jesus went off with an injury midweek. So we'll have to wait and see whether he's fit and available. But I probably wouldn't take that risk. With Wilson, he is a better option with Isaac out. I'm just not sure how long that's going to be for. So it might get to the point where Wilson starts being rotated as well. And also... Look, Newcastle are great, right? They're one of the best defences, one of the best attacks this season, right? And I think that will continue. But the fixtures coming up are slightly worse than the ones they've had. They're not awful, I keep saying that, but they are slightly worse. So I still don't know if this is the right time to bring Wilson in. But I do think without Izak, his minutes get better, and obviously he's first choice penalty taker as well. So he's not a bad option. But at his price, around what, the 7.8 million mark, in a 3-5-2, I can have like Martinelli, who's got Sheffield United and Burnley next three games. We should start all of those games, I would say. Uh, someone like Bowen as well. I can go cheaper with like a Matoma. I don't think they're necessarily better than Wilson in isolation, but it does in most cases give you a bit more money to spend elsewhere. So that's my kind of main problem with 3-4-3. I think there are a few options at the moment, but I'm not really overly excited about any of them and then what's my route out of them later on if it goes wrong like alvarez i still think is a really good option the conversation around him has dropped off completely and i've said lots of times now i do think watkins is a better option but i'm not completely happy about dropping alvarez so he is someone but outside of that it starts to get a bit tricky like darwin nunez if you're willing to take a punt i, I actually think if i was going three four three i'd probably go darwin nunez over both of these two by the way but i'm still not completely sure about any of them so Look, I know most people are kind of are going 3-5-2, and so you want to try and do something different. But ultimately, you should try and not worry what everyone else is doing and just pick whoever you think is the best, right? If you think Wilson or Jesus 
is better than those other midfielders I've just talked about, like Bowen, Martinelli, etc., then you should go 3-4-3, especially if you can afford Palmer as that eighth attacker, right? But that, that's the only problem, right? You have Archer, who's not as good as Palmer, right? But he is cheaper at 4.5, plus like a Bowen at 7.4. That is a cheaper combination than going for a Wilson, who's more expensive than Bowen, and then Palmer, who's more expensive than Archer. So not only is... Not only are the forwards, in my opinion, slightly worse than most of the midfielders, at least in terms of total volume we have to choose from, but also that bench player gets a little bit trickier as well. And if you've already got Palmer as part of your team, you then need to find another cheaper neighbour. Now, of course, you could go with Dingro I've just spoken about. But I just, I just don't know. Every time I consider 3-4-3, I just come straight back to 3-5-2. And that's pretty much what I'm going to land on, I think, by the time we get to tonight's deadline. So I'm going to end by talking about my team. But I'm going to try and do it quickly because obviously on Monday I did the first wildcard draft. I did the team selection yesterday and there haven't been a huge amount of changes. But on the deadline stream, because I'm still a little bit unsure exactly which way I'm going to go, I probably am going to hide a couple of the plays just to give myself the maximum time to make those decisions. And when I do that, people always get annoyed that I pick a player that I haven't spoken about. So what I'm going to try and do here is talk through every single player that I think is pretty much locked in and then every other player that I'm at least considering and I'm sure I'll probably still miss someone. So the locked-in players, I would say at this point, Ariola, Gabriel, Cash, Simakas, Son, Salah, Saka, Haaland, and Watkins. So that's nine of the 15 players that are pretty much locked in. Will I consider going without Haaland? I will, but I just don't think I'm going to do it. In goal, Turner is pretty much locked in as long as I've got the cash to go for him. If I'm 0.1 million off my ideal draft, then I will just go to Strakosia instead at 3.9 million. But I think Turner's pretty much locked in. I think Taylor is also pretty much locked in because at 3.9, he's the cheapest playing defender and that he could lose his place at some point. But obviously, it would be taking a bit of a punt that he doesn't do that. And some of the fixtures coming up for Burnley are actually... He would be playable if it came down to it. Obviously, I'd ideally not play him, but it could happen. In terms of other defenders that I'm looking at, I think I've got Dunk. Maguire as a cheap option. Gay is the 4.5 that I really want. I'm not completely ruling out going for like a Newcastle defender like, like Dan Byrne, but I think he's quite low down the list. And look, I'll never rule Trippier out. I haven't yet sold him because I don't want to do that until the last minute. But I don't think that Trippier will make the final team. So I think that's the only other defenders I'm considering. I guess Saliba as well, right, for an Arsenal defender if I've got the money. I think that's everyone. In terms of the two midfield spots, I think Palmer and Bowen is the combination I started with on Monday. Matoma and Diaby are the two that I had on team selection yesterday. I'm considering all four of those. Also with Dingra instead of Palmer. I would say Martinelli instead of Bowen as well could be an option. It could be, by the way, I could go for Palmer or Dingra and still not go for Bowen. Maybe go for Matoma or Diaby and just have more money to spend elsewhere. So for example, a Dingra, Matoma, would then allow me to have Saliba instead of Gay. So that is another option I'm looking at. I'm trying to remember if there's any other players. I feel It feels like you go through the whole FPL roster when you're wildcarded. But I think that's it. I don't, th I don't think I'm looking at Luis Diaz or anyone like that. Um, and then Cameron Archer is almost certainly going to be my bench player up front. But there are ways like I could fit João Pedro in. I just, I just don't think there's anything between now and the deadline that's going to make me confident enough that he is going to get enough starts, like even at 5.3 million. Like he started last night. He's also started the last two games as well. So there is there is part of me thinking just risk it. But to get him in, um, I would have to go Matoma or Diaby instead of Bowen and then still go for Palmer or Adingra. 
right? I probably I probably wouldn't go for Matoma, Zhao, Pedro, and Adingra. That just feels like a little bit of overkill, especially with the minutes concerns. And that would give me 5.1 to spend in defense. So I could go for someone like Gay and still have 0.6 left over. Now, Gordon's gone up in price, so I can't afford him instead of Palmer for people that are going to kind of mention that. But I actually don't think that is a bad team, right? And I would just play... I would probably play Zhao Pedro instead of Palmer this week and just bench Palmer for the next few weeks and just play my two Brighton players instead. So I'd actually be playing 3-4-3. Three, three. But if I got stuck, I've got that depth to have Palmer coming on if I want to. I've got a few choices in defense as well. So that is an option. But I think realistically, I'd probably just end up on Archer because I know longer to... I think a deep squad like that can work, right? And I know lots of analytic people that like having squads like that because if you get an injury, you've got good players on the bench that can come in. You're not necessarily forced into a transfer. But I don't necessarily like playing FPL, FPL like that. I like to have as much money in my 11 as possible. And that's why Archer is probably the one that I'll go for. I mean, I'm not... I mean, look, we're on wildcard, right? There's loads of different options. I'm not completely ruling out going with Archer and not Jao Pedro, going with Palmer or Adingra, but still not going for Bowen and just having money in the bank, 1.4 million, for if I get stuck later on. There's so many options. If I had to say right now, at the time of recording, and I've recorded some of this on Thursday evening, some on Friday morning, I'm doing this on Friday morning, it's 9.25am. If I had to say what I'm going to go for right now, I think it might be Adingra and Bowen in the midfield spots, alongside Salah, Saka and Son. Harlan Watkins and Archer up front, and then Turner and Ariola, Gabriel Cash, Taylor, Simicass, and Gay with 0.5 million in the bank. Like, I would maybe consider, you know, <laughs> this is where I just ramble on now. I would maybe consider Turner to Strakosia, right, to free up another 0.1, and then I could change Taylor to another 4.5. In that case, I don't know who I would go for, though. Maybe Pau Torres, but I guess with the fixtures that those five defenders got coming up i probably would never be playing power torres it would only be like a backup so i probably wouldn't go down that route i'd probably just bank the 0.5 million for a rainy day so yeah if i had to lock it in right now without spending the next few hours probably looking at this team that is probably what i would go for but i'm going to leave it there if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you're on podcast rate uh, rate five stars if you've been enjoying the content as well and i'll be back later on for the deadline stream which i think is going to start at 5 p.m uk time it's a 6 30 deadline i think an hour and a half is more than enough time i might start at half four i see how i'm feeling but between half four and five i'll leave it there give it a like hit subscribe and i'll catch you later sports social podcast network